0: because I made it into a game. That's dope. It's so cheap though. It's like, oh, 0.08 ETH, you know, in my mind it's like, oh, that's cheap. But if you really look at it, that's $350 or whatever that I have the opportunity to earn every single day if
1: I wanted to. You are an advocate of things being stored Permanently, so people actually get the file, not just a link to the file.
0: So yeah, that's why I decided to use Rweave because actually I heard about Rweave a while ago.
1: You're tuned to the Rcast, where we talk about the blockchain on the Rcast and how your data remains it's the Rcast, where Drive is the topic, censorship resistant permanence. Yeah, we got it. Hey friends, it's Andrew back with another episode of the Rcast. Happy holidays. We still have the NFT shirt contest happening, so check out one of the upcoming videos for your chance to win one of these fresh shirts. Uh, We explained a little bit about it before in the video I made, but basically if you get one of these shirts, It proves that you're an OG adopter. You get to get into events. You get an NFT that mirrors the physical shirt you have in real life, and that's fresh as heck. We have a January bounty coming soon, so check out information on the data bounty. Be sure to join the email list because Anthony drops those email newsletters every month that are super exciting. They catch you up on things you may have missed. We've got an exciting announcement coming, and we had a community call this Wednesday with people from around the world. So thank you all to the drivers. Uh, it's just awesome being able to keep it moving with all this flavor. So we have an interview today with a really interesting crypto artist, Stella Bell, who's the OG behind Slothycorn and now Crypto Stellas, which is the project she's promoting. And she uses OpenSea as a way to integrate her art with Rweave and RDrive. And so it's a really interesting uh, conversation about the technology, about how she kind of makes fun of the pomposity of the NFT market, which is often ridiculed by people who don't necessarily understand NFTs, but this is someone who's deep in the crypto art world and has been in it for years, has helped try to get people involved and help other artists, and she's just a really great artist and interview subject, so let's get right into it. This is my interview with Stella Bell on the Rcast. All right, friends, welcome to the Rcast. This week we have a very exciting guest, Stella Bell, who you know from the CryptoStella's project, and uh, we are talking today about the philosophy behind the blockchain and why you use Arweave to store your files. But how would you introduce yourself to someone who's discovering your art for the first time?
0: I've been doing art for most of my adult life and also writing. I've been trying to answer this question for a lot of years, how do we turn our creative pursuits into money? It's one of the most pressing problems of a creative person who you're the people that write books and the, the people that follow their creative pursuits over everything else. I'm, I've been doing visual art professionally and, and then doing my own stuff. Um, So I was a graphic artist for many years, professionally, And I was always trying to figure out how can I do my own creative work and make money at it? Because in the, in the legacy world, it's like pretty difficult, right? Most people that, you know, that do art, you know, they don't earn a living. I'm interested in the themes of creative freedom um, and also being, um, being honest and, and using humor to kind of mirror reality or the way that I, the way that you see reality. So um, I, I do a lot of um, different kinds of art. I do animations, paintings. I, I'm talking about digital paintings and digital animation. Um, and I've done um, videos and all kinds of art that has a lot to do with my laser focus on providing some humor. Uh, about what's going on in the NFT world that we're all in um, that I've been in for five years. Wow. I founded a creative commons crypto art collective. That's like too many C's, but like C, C, (laughs) C, 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 C C. in 2017, because I saw a need to help educate artists about crypto. um, I find that like the technical and the crypto side is easy, Like that, that part of it is like really straightforward. So I I realized I had a knack for explaining complex technical things in a way that people can understand them. So I ended up doing a lot of tutorials for like tech companies and in the blockchain space. So uh, writing and all this kind of stuff. And so, so that's why, that's one of the big reasons I decided to, to found that crypto art collective because A lot of the artists coming into the crypto world, they were just completely clueless about wallets and how to keep stuff safe, their keys, and all the technical things seemed to be really confusing. And there was a great need for that. There still is. I just... I'm focused more on my art now. The frustration around what was going on was I, I was seeing a, a commercialization and just a mad cash grab. It's still ongoing. I mean, it's still happening. So we that's why we're seeing like low quality being inundated with just, you know, absolute crap, right? It's not how I thought it was going to happen. I didn't think that like cereal box art would be popular or anything like that. <laughs> And so, I mean, I was like, I was dazed and like confused. I felt like I I had gotten run over by a truck because here I was um, in the early days, like trying to figure out what the future was going to hold. And I was like learning how to do augmented reality and, you know, all this like complicated stuff, which I thought we would be going in that direction. And then here we are (laughs) mass produced. Like, you know, the algorithms can create the 10,000 NFTs in no time at all. And uh, I just couldn't believe what happened. so I was depressed, actually, for months and months um, because I was like, I don't know where I fit into this because I'm not going to it's about survival. Right. And so I thought I've always wanted to do a, a historical Uh, collection that teaches people really what went on before all this stuff happened but I also wanted to make fun of what was happening and also keep documenting everything because I realized that things change so fast in the crypto space that no one is really documenting things as they're happening so I have a I have like a really uh, serious interest in in examining all the scams and stuff, but there's too many scams now. (laughs) I actually can't do it. So I picked out a few scams that kind of really stand out and I made fun of them. So like one of them is the eternal beings um, NFT project, which, you know, it came and went, it was a huge scam almost. I mean, they had the actual art, but the rapper who first tweeted about it, He deleted his tweet like two hours later,
1: (laughs) probably after he collected his money. Lil Uzi Vert, because he had that album that was called Eternal Awake. Yes. He was like promoting his record, but then he decided not to. Was that it?
0: Well, I kind of, you know, I looked into this because I kind of started seeing it on Twitter. He doesn't know. I don't think. Little Uzi Vert knows anything about NFTs. This is my guess. Right. And, and so he didn't know all he, you know, he was just like, probably like, yeah, let's do it. Cause they said they would pay him money. I'm sure. Okay. I never got it confirmed, but he's used to just doing whatever he wants. And that's what the, the, the developers of that project said they're like, he's a tier one celebrity. He doesn't keep stuff up on his Twitter page for long.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever.
0: (laughs) So I think, I think that he just probably was like dipping in and then dipped out and thought he can just do whatever he wants because he's a celebrity. That's that comes with the turf. You know, there's not a lot of loyalty once you get up into certain levels of fame. You know, people do what they want because they're famous and rich, right? They don't have this sense of, well, I've got to be loyal to this person because I said
1: I would do this. They don't have that. But you've been part of making a community and, and holding people accountable. So yeah. for you to be commenting on the, this sort of like... Mainstream inundation of the blockchain world with your art, I think it's really fascinating. And I think it's almost like Warhol talking about art is what you can get away with. Like, okay, sure, but there's got to be some sort of accountability. And so you're kind of trying to bring that to the as the corporations enter the Web3 space. What would you say about that?
0: I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm almost like the art critic who's kind of on the sidelines. I'm making fun of whatever I want. (laughs) And that's, it's like I'm, I'm allowing myself that freedom. You know, because when you make fun of stuff, it's kind of like, I made fun of Damien Hurst as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, like a very famous, I didn't even know who he was until he entered the NFT space, but <laughs> <laughs> the more I read about him, the less I like that guy. So I thought, oh, he's a good target. Let's fucking do him too, you know. Of course, he probably doesn't know anything about NFT technology or, you know, blockchain or hardware wallets. So what happened with that team that released Damien Hirst's NFTs? What, you know who Damien Hurst is, by the way? He makes these polka yeah. dots. Yeah. It's like shit art. Come on. Let's get fucking <laughs> real.
1: <laughs> he did the, uh, the shark, that like, thing where in London, it was like a cut-up shark in like four different aquariums. I don't know if you saw that.
0: No, I didn't see that. That team, they launched the Damien Hirst NFTs on the Palm blockchain, which is, I do not even heard of it before. And the buyers, they could not store their NFTs on their hardware wallets. And they paid a lot of money for this stuff. I mean, it's like, right? God. So I saw that all on Twitter and it was like, God, this is so stupid. We can't even store We, we can't even use our hardware wallets. And we bought all these NFTs from Damien Hurst. I thought that was funny. Right. So they had to jump through all these hoops, send it back through the bridges of blah, blah, you know. Oh, just send it through this ETH bridge and then send it over there and then back over here and make sure you have enough gas fees. And it was like such a, you know, it was a disaster in my opinion. So I thought, oh, disaster. I'm going to document that one, too. And it's like I'm having a fucking field day. There's so much. There's like there's there's so many vast fields of this. And sort of on the flip side of that, I also want, I also have some of the historical figures who no one knows about in some of the um, more like religious themes and stuff. And I'm using religion, just I'm I'm an atheist, but I use religious themes because people understand them immediately. You don't have to explain anything. Hmm. And so I thought, you know, so now it's turning into something else. And I, and i want to make sure people understand that i'm collecting the collectors it's reversed i've reversed this thing it's way more elaborate than people understand they think it's like some you know thing that's just oh that's another art project they don't understand that i've hand selected people and i because i what i'm doing is creating a group of these like i'm 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 filtering through the riffraff and I'm finding the people that, that we can, like, work together on more stuff. So, it's, it's so, there's so many different levels to it. Like, there's a game level to it, um, how I release things. It's either a puzzle, you have to work, or you have to be paying attention. Because I just released one, like, I Ninja dropped one today. And... Uh, Gun Punks, this guy that wa- has been wanting one, he got it because he's just paying attention. He turned on his notifications because I place a ninja emoji on Twitter when I drop one. And dropping one means it's 0.08 ETH, which is really cheap for these paintings because a lot of them take up to 10 hours. So it's, it's, a, it's an extraordinary mm. deal because, look, I've been studying how this formula works why do people you know line up to get all of these these crap art because it's cheap okay it's just it's like we're we're programmed to just take the cheap thing because we think well we could flip it and make money it's like the profit motive is just such a strong drive in everyone and so i'm using that formula for my own project and so I don't have to sell art anymore. It solves a lot of my problems because I was, I hate selling stuff. (laughs) I hate it actually. It's so, so different. It's so, you know, I get attached to my art. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't want to go out and sell it. So I've devised this ingenious way where people have to work for it. It's either you fall into four categories. You're rich and you just want to buy one out, right? Which is fine because some people have more money than time. You're you're you have more time than money and you're you're a smart person and you, you want to do work. You want to write articles, you want to do something, make a puzzle or solve them, you know. That that fits. I have a writing contest right now that's up uh, so so basically, I just released a puzzle yesterday and it got solved. So a puzzle solver got one and now is in the game. <laughs> and the writing contest is up on November 20th. So whoever writes the best article, they're the ones who get it, get the, that um, NFT. And so it's so tightly controlled. There's just, I mean, it sells out instantly because I made it into a game. That's dope. It's so cheap though. It's like, oh, 0.08 ETH, you know, in my mind it's like, oh, that's cheap. But if you really look at it, that's 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 $350 or whatever that I have the opportunity to earn every single day
1: if I wanted to. You are an advocate of things being stored Permanently, so people actually get the file, not just a link to the file.
0: So Yeah, that's why I decided to use Rweave because actually I heard about Rweave a while ago. I've used EOS, Telos. I used to work in the Dash community. Um, So I heard about Rweave. I kind of was hearing this float around in some circles because a lot of us were trying to solve this problem of, well, what if the centralized server there's been a lot of art projects that have already gone defunct and the collectors yeah they're they're losing their the art because the artist you know we artists sometimes we're not the most organized people i lose shit all the time like i can't find stuff so i i need a cloud i needed a cloud storage solution that doesn't rely on on a centralized system. And I've been aware of this. I invested back a long time ago in all these different, I I remember all the buzz about, Oh, decentralized storage. You know, we just, it's peer to peer, uh, you know, storage of data and let's, let's all, there's been so many different projects has tried to do it. And um, Mm. I read up a little bit and then, I found another project that was using R weave and it just had that kind of people think of it in good terms, like what they're what Rweave weave is doing is a good solution. And um, so then I looked into it and I asked, actually I had to ask another artist and he uses it. He used it. And so I was like, Hey, how do I do this? Cause I could not find R drive at all. It wasn't, there was no tutorials or anything on the internet I could find for an artist. There was like how to, there was tutorials on how to back up the web and all that shit, but no, nothing geared towards artists and how to store it. So I had to kind of figure stuff out. Getting the R Weave tokens was a fucking nightmare. Mm. It's like, Jesus, get it on, can't you just get it on Unis? I guess it's not on Ethereum, so you can't get it on there. That was the hardest thing, and it's gonna. Yeah, I had to. I had to KYC this fucking Chinese exchange called Gate.io. I had to wait days. I had to wait days. This whole process of getting onto Rweave took like the better part of a week to figure it all out.
1: Once, so once you had it linking with OpenSea, is that hard to do? Like,
0: well, I actually just put all the links in the description to the Rweave. But you know, what's funny is um, I went on this discussion with a, a bunch of other people and they said, oh, well, your hash, you know, that hash isn't any good because that's not really the image hash. They said, no, you don't have the IPFS hash, which is the image itself. Do you see what I mean? And I was like, well, how do I fucking find that? You know, I guess it was contained in the image. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other thing that I noticed about. The other problem that with um, doing things on Ethereum, I had okay. So after I mint on OpenSea, I mint the art. It's there. Then I have to pay another gas fee to freeze the metadata. Oh, and I I didn't have to pay to mint because I'm doing OpenSea Open Collections. You don't have to. But so when I was accepting offers and freezing the metadata, those are two different gas fees. I I don't want to tell you how much I was spending. It was ridiculous. So what I started kind of doing is like, I feel so bad when I have to pay all that gas that I have everything backed up, like all those links to the R weave art contained in the description. So that stays that metadata does stay with the art that people buy. So they're going to have it. So like, let's say in the case that OpenSea went out of business or something, then um, the people that own them, they could actually restore the art because if our weave's still around, I mean, because all these things are shaky, in my opinion. I don't know how stable our weave is really like for all of my experiences with it. I like paying for it. um, uh, Just a little bit at a time. And because cloud storage, I find the whole thing with with subscriptions and passwords and all that shit. It's such a pain. I like things open like that. I feel like it's a way better solution for sure. And um, if they could figure out how to get, Rweave tokens on a regular exchange where I don't have to jump through a thousand hoops.
1: Have you found that your audience appreciates that you are like unique with how you you store and and market this new project? Do they appreciate the Rweave thing?
0: Well, there, yeah, there's there's some Bitcoiners that like this guy, not so fast, who follows me and um, he noticed that right away. He was like, yeah, and and. Sh- and this art is being stored on our weave, you know, the perma web is what they call it. And the fact that I took an extra step, like I'm paying for all this. That's the thing too, is that I decided to, you know, that I'm making an investment in that part of it. Um for people, I think that anyone that takes any extra steps, because it was bugging me, I hadn't done anything. Before, um, meaning I hadn't taken any extra steps and then taking an extra step, it feels good. And also it's helping me because sometimes, you know, I lose track of how I name. I'm terrible at my naming conventions and my files and shit. It's such a mess because I change the title sometimes from the working art file. Right. So I've had to use... Are we like, I'm starting to use it as my own resource. And so I feel like this is a good resource for me because all the links are then on open C and I have everything sort of organized better and I can find my art. Like I had to de- redownload my art from RWeave weave once because I couldn't remember what I named my <laughs> file.
1: <laughs> That's cool.
0: And so, so now it's, now it's becoming good because I don't use other solutions like, cloud i hate i hate using the cloud i don't know why i just despise it i despise logging in right so not to and yeah to not have to log in to get everything i love that
1: because you truly understand the technology right i do i do kind of
0: except for you know this ipfs hash thing was driving me nuts because i was talking to developer and they're like well, you know, that transaction hash is just a transaction hash. It's not the IPFS hash. So it's not really the actual art. Because apparently, you know, if you get a hash that's the IPFS hash, then that means the data of the image is contained within the hash, right? Right. I think you can get that just that same information on when you click on the view, are we view? You get that. The same link, I think. Now I'm just I I have, I established a new routine with this, and um, I start something new every three months. <laughs> um, I think I I classify as having some kind of like ADD or something, but um, because I can't really function in a the same way for long periods of time, and so this project was like, I decided to dedicate one year to the same project. Just to see if, you know, I can do it. And I think I can do it because I already established kind of a routine with it. And But the thing is, my topics are always changing. Right. And I never know what I'm going to do because it's based on uh, a lot of of stuff that's happening. and And so it's really based on just the absurdity of what's going on, which I find very interesting, like. I like even the weird scams and stuff. I mean, it's just like, I don't like when people get scammed, but I like to watch the human behavior part of it. Right. (laughs) How people just kind of like forget about everything in two days. They're like, we, we, we it's the crypto thing moves so fast that you cannot, it's like. It's like, okay, what's next? You know, like the next day, there's some
1: other big thing happening. And what's interesting to me about your work is that you are documenting this um, for perpetuity. I guess I'm wondering, do you have any like specific internet memes that you've enjoyed remixing the most or that like you you just like find you're drawn to, but you can't explain why when you're doing this work?
0: <laughs> the apes are a, sort of a big topic right now. I've, I've got a lot of them. I'm I'm murdering an ape. I I don't like the ape culture and how it's, it's okay. And this is why, because the original internet meme culture as defined by the rare Pepe community. In fact, the rare Pepe, the rare Pepe community was the first NFT um, creative group. I call it the creative group because everyone was creating and sharing and then, you know, selling amongst themselves. And right. and then the culture switched from creating to then an algorithm create, creates 10,000. Right. And then now it's just a culture of buying. So it shifted from a culture that organically grows over time around a certain meme to then right. just something spit out overnight. And I just thought, this this is backwards. The whole creating part was completely removed. Right. And it became about buying status and ego. That's what I'm attacking viciously. I'm attacking that because I think it's stupid. That's why. Mm. I don't believe in that. I've never believed in status buys. Like, buying a Rolex watch, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a pragmatist. I'm practical, right? I, I'm the person that buys one pair of tennis shoes. And like, originally it was a movement of like solving problems that creators had. And then it sort of devolved into, oh, buy this ape. You'll get instant friends and you'll get status. So spend $50,000 or however much. And like the CryptoPunks too. When the CryptoPunks launched in like 2017 for free, mind you, it wasn't a sold out project. Like not too many people really cared that much about them. And it wasn't until this guy Pranksy, this is how I think it went down and why it happened the way it did. Pranksy started buying them up. And whenever you have, it's like human nature. Whenever you have someone who's now investing in something, well, they're going to start talking about it. Pranksy was very influential. He has a lot of money. He has a lot of power over marketing. He's, very, he's a good marketer, right? Right. That's how CryptoPunk started. It wasn't until all that started that people started caring. No one gave a crap really in the beginning of that but so so that's kind of like when you know when you start to realize that you know you're going down deep in the rabbit hole and then you know i spent a lot of time thinking about this whole thing why do some artists get famous and their stuff sells for millions of dollars and then other people don't and it's maybe they're a better artist for example why
1: does this happen it's marketing,
0: right? Right. And it's someone that has invested in them, right? I mean, the same thing happened with Beeple. Beeple was not a crypto artist. He's a, like a fiat. Like He doesn't even believe in crypto. Mm. So actually, Metapurse owned some of my art. I did a bunch of art in 2020. Uh, and that's why I went full-time into the whole thing. And I was just doing what artists, the other artists do I was doing one of ones that would take me hours and hours and hours to finish something. And then I would release it and then just pray that someone would buy it. And I just, I think what I'm doing now is I'm influencing culture. So I'm, that's why I decided to do puzzles and, um, things that are make, make it hard for people to get a crypto Stella and, um, I also bought one of my pieces back for 1.1 ETH. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole, I went on a little rant. The, the video is at the top of my pin message. you welcome to use any of that information. But I went into all the details. I, I'm thinking I need to make a video for each piece because there's a lot of stuff in there. And the piece that I bought, uh, re-bought myself, is called Black Mirror and it deals with this phenomenon of maybe a really good artist and they're, you know in the future Christie's auction house get gives you prompts you know sent through your little implant that you have in your head this right. is the dark scenario of like where it could lead to which is you only create art that you know that Christie's and all the rich people will buy Because you want to earn money, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, I found myself getting sucked into that trap too, because it's kind of like, do I want to eat or do I want to starve? Well, I want to eat. And then it's like you go down this horrible path of you slowly stop being honest. You start sucking up to the rich collectors just to get on their good side. You stop being yourself. Cause you're afraid of being outcasted. Well, thank God there's some, an outcast Robness. I'm really grateful to him because he is like the ultimate rebellious person. <laughs> like he's crazy, but he provides w- me with kind of like this assurance that, Oh, I can be myself and not be outcasted. I mean, he's an outcast. Like he didn't get the sales of the other artists who, you know, every- like, oh I gotta have a X copy you know I gotta have one of these Trevor Jones art or I gotta have you know this stuff well you know two of my pieces are priced at a million and I'm never changing that price
1: that's awesome
0: so either I die with them mm-hmm. and my daughter inherits whatever or someone buys them and I decided to do that because, because I can I can decide to do that <laughs>
1: I think a lot of this these topics, the philosophy of it is this like sort of fierce autonomous respect for your creative process and an understanding of this world and your place in it yeah, Stella Bell, where can people follow you and where can they support your art? The main place to follow me is on
0: twitter, so I have my own um my own twitter is at Stella bell which is s t e l l a b e l l e and then my project has its own Twitter because I need to separate me, you know, the me from my project because that's at Crypto Stella's, so that's at and then C R Y P T O S T E L L A S, and uh, my project is wildly successful from the get go. It's I I have I have been blessed with some of the most amazing collectors who appeared out of nowhere. I have I have some high level collectors that I have mentioned because I can't like there's one that said you know I can't it's an, he's anonymous so um but another one I have is is helping me in so many different ways like and I have Ezra who helps run my discord. I'm just saying that I have I have so many Amazing collectors it is unreal how I think it's because I'm feeling a void in this area. I think that people that are smart are having a tough time trying to figure out where to put their money
1: <laughs> right because right
0: there's so much fluff, you know it does take some work to find my project because I mean. I'm I'm slowly gaining some kind of prestige, though, because as the puzzle solvers find it, see, then they begin to speak of it highly. I'm doing a selective process, you know, on purpose. I don't want to be lumped in with the gigantic amount of NFT projects. I want it to be so exclusive that once you get in, it's like, you know, you've accomplished something. That's, that's, that's how I want it to be. And that's how it is. That's how it is. So
1: you're doing awesome work. And um, thank you for your time. And thank you for coming on the show. And we'll be in touch. And I will, uh, I'll let you know when this goes up, um, when this goes online. Great. Thank you, Stella Bell. That was a great conversation. We're going to be posting more about how you can integrate R drive with open if any of you are NFT creators who want to get into this game. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again for everyone who supported the R this year. Happy holidays, and we'll see you next year. Remember to know before you stow your data forever. I'm Andrew. Thanks for listening.